the mic and he's ready to go. Noodle on his left, Jess on his right. Hey, hold up, don't start a fight. He's got you covered with all the sports. Don't fret, he's wearing shorts. It's time for Waking Jake in the morning. Waking Jake at night. Jake sucks. Good morning, Bakers. What is going on, everyone? Sign into the chat. I'm signing into the chat. Happy 6th of July. Hope everyone had a good 4th of July. Uh, quieter one for me. That's fine. Uh, we have a kooky, googie Jake. We got a kooky month coming up. Uh, you guys know some of it. You don't know some of it. That's all I can say. Uh, but between All-Star Game, some warehouse stuff we're doing, uh, was more than happy to have a quiet July 4th weekend. Beebs, Washington, D.C. D.C. The District. Good times. Not bad. Fireworks. We, like, went to them, and then we were like, oh, it says it's not starting for, like, 30 more minutes. And we kind of bounced. Mm. Like, let's, let's just go home. No, I mean, you definitely, the older you get, there's more of a threshold between what you're willing to do for fireworks. It's like we, we got, I'll do the full thing. We got sure. tickets like her office's roof. Okay. To like watch them. And we like got there. It was nice enough, but it was like a little buggy up there and like wasn't fully seats. Or anywhere like two six, because it's right. like hard ground. So I didn't want to sit on the floor, and then we're kind of standing. And we're like, do either of us really want to watch this? Yeah, we got to get up early tomorrow. Yeah, so it's just the great game. No fireworks are tough, man. It's happy thirtieth birthday, Manny Machado. Fireworks, um, wow. like dope fireworks are still dope, but if you're just doing regular fireworks, I don't know. Uh, that being it's said, so nice I mean, to look at. Oh yeah, I mean you love them, but you got dogs barking and stuff. Ah, I'll stop. I like the fireworks, so I don't. I don't really know where he's going with oh, that. Oh, I, I have another update on the weekend that I didn't tell you about yesterday. Okay. So, Aaron's lived in the current apartment she's been living in for like ten months, moving out soon, whatever. But the, for the first like ten months of living there, there's been nobody in like the upstairs unit. That three weeks ago, some dudes moved in there. Uh, and we met them this past weekend when I was there, and the and one of the guys, shout out Guillermo, he showed me a picture on his phone. It was a picture of him and you and Joe's at the Phoenix airport wearing the Fred Flintstone shirts. Oh wow! Yeah, I believe it was a picture you guys took on the escalator, and I was like, I think I'm like ten feet behind. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, shout out Guillermo early. Yeah. Happy 4th to him. Uh, hope whatever you did was fun or relaxing or with Guillermo. Um, but, yeah, a nice. And the other, okay, last old man thing. Uh, this was made by someone in our office. Why wouldn't we celebrate on the 3rd and still have Monday off? Like, let's, let's think about that. that for a second. 
we're enjoying the 4th of July on Monday, but then we're still expected to do stuff tomorrow. I do think we live in a society now where so many people are remote and stuff that, like, nobody did anything yesterday. More people could get away with that than, like, than like, three years ago. Yeah, I was looking I was looking at our Talking Baseball live chat yesterday, and it was, it was a smaller amount. I think people were still enjoying the 4th of July, which is yeah. fine. I'm going to encourage e- Easy that. enough to steal one more day, whatever it is. Yeah, you... Like, I, like I understand I, I, that I personally didn't really do anything. Sure. But I'm surprised I didn't hear at all about people doing, like, a, their big party on the Sunday. Right. No, it was a big... Everyone did Monday. Uh, hope you enjoyed your weekend. Hope it was relaxing or party or whatever you got into. And a lot of sports have happened since we last talked. Uh NBA free agency went off. Kevin Durant, Kyrie, always a good time. Always a good time. We will start with the baseball, as per usual. And we had some fun stuff happen yesterday. Max Scherzer came back. That's huge for the Metropolitans. And he looked nasty. Um, You know, it's one of those silly things that it's, why would you ever... Doubted at this point, and I don't think anyone did, but I still think, you know, someone comes back from a rehab start, and you're like, well, you know, you give him a little bit of leash. He was gross. Six innings, two hits, 11 strikeouts against your Cincinnati Reds. The story not being told, uh, the Mets lost that game. Nick Lodolo in the bullpen for the Cincinnati Reds shut out the Mets yesterday. Uh, So kind of tough, I think... The New York Mets, the Braves have somewhat caught up. I mean, how did I get so far away from the standings? Uh, the New York Mets are up two and a half games on the Braves. Two and a half. They had been dominating the division. Uh, the Mets, Braves, and Phillies all have basically the same run differential. Some people are into that. Uh, Phillies are still seven games back of the Mets. Uh, they are four and a half behind the Braves, so they're getting involved. The NL East, uh, I think one of the biggest storylines that should be being talked about around baseball is the National League East. The Central has lined up for a good race. Brewers, Cardinals, really no other competition. We'll see what happens there. Dodgers are starting to pull away in the National League West, and they are the most talented team. Uh, Padres have been slipping up a little recently. They're two and eight in their last ten. The San Francisco Giants are two and eight in their last ten. Uh, Tatis playing some outfield. He'll supposedly come back soon. We'll see if the Padres can get back in it. I thought the NL Central was going to be the story of the National League this year. Watching the Brewers and Cardinals kind of battle it out. I think the NL East. Uh, Degrom is throwing again. Mowing down minor leaguers. We'll see when he's back. Still putting up crazy numbers. 100-plus mile-per-hour fastball, 93-mile-per-hour slider. Made those kids look foolish. I want to say folkish because autocorrect used to do that on my phone. Foolish to folkish. Shout-out foolish baseball. That guy. Um, I love the Atlanta Braves. I talked about it a lot on Talking Baseball earlier this year. I thought they had, I think, I, I believe I picked them to go back to the World Series. I think I did pick them to lose to the White Sox, though. So, hey, what can you do about that? The Atlanta Braves are coming. 
They had a monster month of monster month of June. They're starting to go in July as well. I think what gets ignored is how good their rotation is. Uh, with Charlie Morton turning it back on. Well, not turning it back on this season. He had been bad, but he has now turned it on. Max Fried is one of the best pitchers in the game. 12 quality starts and 16 starts. Uh, Kyle Wright has been nails this year. 2-9-1 ERA in 16 starts. Charlie Morton has started to go, and the emergence of Spencer Strider, my goodness, casually hitting 102 on the gun uh, with a wipeout slider. The Braves pitching gets overlooked because you kind of mentally jump to the lineup. You want to talk about Ronald Acuna Jr. You want to talk about Matt Olson. Austin Riley is just a bona fide stud at this point in 876 OPS. Dansby Swanson, 302, 359, 860 OPS from the shortstop position while playing a high-level shortstop. Marcelo Zuna hasn't gone for them. Ozzie Albies is out. Uh, William Contreras, you probably know Big Bro and you're hoping he gets traded. Michael Harris Deuce has been incredible playing center field for them. The Braves are stacked. They're coming for the Mets. The equation lays out. If Scherzer and DeGrom are healthy, buckle up, but I'm not betting against the Mets. How can you? If it's just Scherzer, I kind of lean Braves. If it's just DeGrom and he looks like DeGrom DeGrom, I don't know. And if it's neither of them, if if they can't stay healthy or inconsistent with their health, I lean the Atlanta Braves, man. Their their roster top to bottom is elite. It's going to be a fun race. The next time these two teams link up, let's go Jakey's schedules for you. Uh, Monday, July 11th, so less than a week. Kind of leading into the All-Star break. By the way, the two surrounding series for Atlanta, your Washington Nationals, who are bottoming out uh, pretty hard. So, the Atlanta Braves heading into the deadline. They've just won two against St. Louis. They have two more against St. Louis with Freed and Strider on the bump. We will see. And then three versus the Nats, three versus the Mets in Atlanta, and then four versus Washington. Heading into the All-Star break, it's not crazy to say 1, 2, 2 plus 3 is 5, we all know that, 8, 8 plus 4 is 12. 12 games, could the Braves reel off a 10 and 2? Maybe. Could the Mets win that series? Absolutely. Right now for the Mets, ooh. Uh, it doesn't look like... says the Mets would be pitching Peterson, Williams, Carrasco, which... If you're the Mets, you might even want to mess around with that because that series is very important to you. The Atlanta Braves are coming, and by the All-Star break, I don't know, if I had to place a little cheddar, I, I would see them. I could see them jumping the Mets pretty easily. And it's not shots fired at the Mets, what they have done in this first half without DeGrom at all, without Scherzer for a while. Remember when the Scherzer injury first came out? It was like six to eight weeks. Everything we did before the season was these Mets are going to pivot on how many, how many games they get out both these guys. 
and they've been out the whole time. So shout out to Bucks, shout out to the Mets. Uh, the NL East, I think, is going to be the story of baseball throughout a chunk of this season, with the Central being fun, and we'll see if Tatis can get back into it. By the way, your San Francisco Giants, 40-39, and 39, a game above 500. Uh-oh. Panic button time in San Francisco. Phillies, another team I'd circle as of now, and I'd circle them in the same vein uh, as the Boston Red Sox. Uh, Phillies, they've got a nice little padding, 43-38. and 38, Five games above 500, good. That was the first goal. They're without Bryce Harper, and they're still winning some baseball games. A uh, report came out today that Bryce Harper will be back. I believe that's according to Bryce Harper. Uh, Phillies are still a fun roster. Again, circle them, trade deadline talks, all of that. Dombrowski's in charge. They are, I was going to say they're playing with house money. They're just playing with money money. They're, they're all in. There's, there's no cut bait on this team, and they shouldn't, I believe. You, you know they're going to add to it and, and go for it, not, not sell off even if they, they have another bad week here. And they're going to be hyper-aggressive. Like, they don't. They don't have another place to be. Uh, and if the playoffs were today, I believe Philadelphia would be in. They are a, uh, percentage-wise, they're slightly better than St. Louis, which that's fun to think about. Um, so, yeah, right now, unless San Francisco turns it back on, if Miami has potentially figured it out, by the way, winners of six straight in Miami, uh, the NL wildcard... Could be one team. I don't know. I, I would say out of San Francisco and Miami, I think one of those teams might might sneaky stay a part of this the whole way. Uh, in the American League, our New York Yankees are on a two-game losing streak. Cancel the season. It's over. I will say this, and I don't think a lot of Yankee fans would say this, a sneaky important game in Pittsburgh tonight which I don't think a lot of people would say going into the year. The Yankees, they still have a crazy lead in the division. It's 13 games. It's 13 games. That's insane. It's insane. Same lead the Astros have, actually, 13 and a half hmm. over the Mariners. As the Mariners, by the way, one game below 500. Watch out. They're starting to win a couple more baseball games. I think they can become a part of this season again. The Boston Red Sox are 45-36 and 36 after their horrendous start. They're playing a good brand of baseball. Devers is incredible. Bogats, story. The Yankees and Red Sox tee off for four this weekend in Fenway. And if the Yankees lose tonight to Pittsburgh and they're on a three-game losing streak, heading into Boston, who's looking to basically... Not even catch the Yankees. Not even make it a race. Because even if they swept them, four-game sweep, you're talking nine games, which is still a massive lead. And I don't think they're going to do that. The Red Sox pitching is super depleted. There's still a lot of baseball left. Uh, I don't think any team in the American League East is good enough to track down the, this Yankees team this year. But 
There's storylines in sports. And if the Red Sox, who still have a ton of games left with the Yankees, can make a little noise this weekend and take like three out of four, especially if the Yankees are coming off stumbling against Pittsburgh, which we don't know. It could just be a weird two-game NL split. Pittsburgh is not as bad as they used to be. They're my award on Talking Baseball yesterday because they're not. Just, they can give a good effort. They're not just the running joke they used to be. There's a lot of young guys, young, talented guys that are figuring it out. Jack Sawinski hit his 15th homer yesterday. Something like that. Jack Sawinski home runs. Brian Reynolds has been fully going for several weeks now. 14th home run for Jack Sawinski. 23 years old. Who knows, kid? I said he's the next Matt Stairs last night. I don't know if that'll be right. I don't know if that's a compliment or an insult. I think it's a compliment. Matt Stairs, I think, hit 263 home runs in the show. I think Jack Sawinski would be happy with that. Felt weird comparing a 23-year-old to Matt <clears throat> Stairs. Who, like, Matt Stairs was always 40. Got pretty thick quick. Sneaky big weekend. Uh, we'll be going to one of the Red Sox-Yankee games. Teaser. So that's really exciting. We're at the halfway point of the season. Do I think the Red Sox, Rays, or Blue Jays can flip the script on the Yankees and catch them? No. Do I think they can make it interesting? It's, it's kind of every race we've talked about this year. If the Red Sox, Rays, or Jays can get the Yankees within 10 games, and then you could get it within 8, and then you get it within 5. Which, again, that can happen... In a month, if the Yankees had a mid-month and they go 13-13 and 13, and the Blue Jays put up a 22-4, and four, there's games there. This Yankees team feels too good. The pitching has been too, too good. You know, the hitting Rizzo sat out last night. They've had holes in their lineup that they haven't addressed yet, and if they started losing ways, then you have to address them. We will see. I... I'm excited for the series in Boston this weekend. And Boston is throwing... Let me bring up their rotation because this, this could end up the conversation quick, but I, I've never looked at a Boston rotation and quivered with fear. Like, that's not what they do. And they don't need to. They just need to get performances. This weekend, it looks like it's Winkowski, Waka, Blank, and Pavetta. So Pavetta on the Sunday game. So if you pick up one or two in the middle, then you're sitting pretty. Well, I was going to say, will Cutter Crawford get in? He threw 82 pitches on Monday. So would that actually line him up for Saturday? I think so. It's not what this Red Sox team is about. They're first in batting average, fourth in on-base percentage. Devers, uh, he's starting to do some <clears throat> historic stuff. Starting to, when I say that. Um, I think some of his hit numbers for a player his age are off the map. 25 years old, Glaber. Sup? Um, Verdugo has turned his season around. That's been huge for them. Trevor Story, his home run last night was cool. Not a shot fired at him because I think we saw a couple in the Yankees games, but I think the juicy Lucy balls might be back. Like Trevor Story got beat on a pitch and just like overextended and it got over the monster. Uh, credit to him for being a handsome, strong boy, but uh, 
I think the good balls. There's monster stuff too, but some monster stuff. I think some good balls. I think a little bit of summer. It all ties in. No one thing, but Houston Astros have run away with the West. They will not be caught. Uh, The Mariners, I think, are going to join this season again. I think the Angels are full blown death spiral. You didn't see the dropped fly ball in their game yesterday. Woof. Trout and Ward. Just like as bad as it gets. They're in fourth place in the AL West now after their good start. Poppy took some pats on the back for that. Should probably give all those back. Rendon going down hurt. There's more than that. There's more than that. Uh, Kudos to the Mariners, man. I I think they're going to get back in this thing. Let's see what they finish out with. Blue Jays, two-gamer with the Nats, Texas Rangers, Houston. Make those Texas Rangers games count. Well, okay, so six games to go into the All-Star break that are Nats and Rangers. Get juicy there. Get juicy there. Get above 500. That's all you need to be. I, I know, because when I say this, Their roster is so much talented, and it's part of the reason why I love the Atlanta Braves. I was shocked, because I knew the Braves made moves around the deadline last year. But they were, August 1st last year, 52-55. and That's bad. That is a bad season. 52-55. and their splits the rest of the way. They went 18 and 8 in August, 16 and 10 in September. So you kind of need one nut job month and one good month. And like the Seattle Mariners can do that. Yeah, I mean we've we've discussed the the 500 every month and two standout months. Now they they had a bad May, 10 and 18, but game over 500 in April, three games over 500 in June. They're off to a 4 and 1 start to their July. Can, they, they can make July fully good. They're back in the mix. They will be. Julio Rodriguez, it seems like he's full-blown clicked. Uh, what he's been doing recently is insane. Um, they're pitching. Robbie Ray has picked it up. I mean, they still have a rotation, man. It, again, it's not your biggest household names, but Robbie Ray, Gilbert, George Kirby... Marco Gonzalez, Chris Flexen. Uh, they're getting some good efforts out of the bullpen. Andres Munoz has turned it on. Uh, Seawald has broken out out there. I love Diego Castillo. I know. I don't think he's beloved out there because he had a, a bad Numbers start. Numbers aren't to the matching up, but I think he's, he's gotten, got that dog in him. I think he's gotten better though. Let me see. He's got told t- everybody about Penn Murphy. Yeah, and he got taken down in the fight. Okay, Diego Castillo's been a lot better. His ERA was at 9, middle of May, and his last 15 games, 16 innings, a 1-1-3. That's a little more Diego Castillo. Where's he been pitching? Didn't show the appearances. Okay, so let's see. Ninth, 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 eighth, eighth. Okay, yeah. So he's, he's back to being Diego Castillo. FIP is good. Love some FIP. Uh, they name that caught my eye that I haven't looked into. I forgot they got Ken Giles. 100 Miles Giles. Yeah. 
four games so far, hasn't given up a run, one hit. Talk about a career like path, he, man. If he is uh, Ken Giles, that changes a lot of things. Know who's also... Is he banned from base? I, a genuine question. I forget what happened, but I, I remember Ozuna. definite bad guy stuff. Ozuna. Is he... He's pitching in Mexico right now. He's 27 years old. I don't know. I I assumed it's a, just nobody wants to touch him. Thing. Right. He yeah hasn't pitched in the big league since 2020, and he was good. He's going to the NPB. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't, I don't know. I just remember you know young yeah. Ken Giles, young Roberto Ozuna Jr., super young. I mean, he was saving games at 20 years old. Um, yeah. I mean, Osuna was on like kind of a historic saves pace because he had a hundred by twenty three or something. I forgot he was on the Astros. All right, I don't want to talk about him anymore. Yeah, I'm not into that. Uh, spinning it all back, AL Central. I truly don't know what to do with. I like Trev. I can't quit the White Sox. I think at some point it clicks. Maybe it's with Eloy Jimenez coming back. He came back yesterday. A big Eloy in the middle of the lineup. What can that do for them? Uh, for them, it has to be their pitching. They cues it up. They swept the Giants this weekend. They just lost two games to the Twins. So, like, they can't be taken seriously until they almost take themselves seriously. What did they go into the All-Star break with? White Sox. Okay, so they've got one more game with the Twins today. They have four with the Tigers, four with the Guardians, and three with and four with the Twins. Okay. You know. Driving in my whip. Um, Back-to-back good starts from Giolito. You hope that's the start of something. That would help them tremendously. And you know what? They come out of the All-Star break. Look at this. Rockies, Athletics, Royals, Rangers, Royals, Tigers. Whoa. Okay, so let's do that again. Rockies, A's, Royals, Rangers, White Royals, Tigers. So their first six series. Call that 20 games-ish. July 26th. To August 15th. I mean, that's a walkover schedule. So I'd buy some White Sox stock. It sucks. It sucks. It's like a stock that you've bought before and you kind of got burnt on it trying to day trade or something like that. But man, the White Sox are going to be a part of this season. They have to. They're too good. They have to. They're too good. They have so much talent. <clears throat> and anything I'd say about being 500 and referencing Atlanta last year or whatever it is, this team has that kind of talent. Like, the Mariners are good and young, and they signed Robbie Ray. The White Sox have... It's mostly the same group that ran away with their division last year. And but then you see a number, like, they've got a minus 45 run differential. It's not like they've just been losing close games. They've been getting beat and playing them was sad, so... Something has to change. 
Is there so, like a minimum they gotta do in that change. twenty that however many games it actually is stretch? If first they, call they it twenty. First they have to get to the All Star break, and you'd love for them to be like at five hundred or right there. They're right now three games below. I think that's a reasonable goal. Don't know who they've got on that, the slate. Again, that's where baseball's silly. Let's say that is, let's say that twenty game stretch is twenty games. We could count pretty easily, but that would take away. And the beauty of it. This is the authenticity of this. If they could get to 500 and then you rip off a 15 and 5, you're 10 games above 500. Like, right now, right now that's what Minnesota is leading the Central. I don't know. I, I guess I was coming into this with a... And they do get four with Detroit before. Right, like they... It's like that... They should they should be able to get to five hundred by then. They Cle- should be able to beat the good teams too, but I guess here's my thing. AOS is done. I think Mariners will become part of the wild card. AL Central, I think, is gonna be wide open at some point. I don't know when it is. I hope it's the White Sox and not the Guardians, because I don't believe in the Guardians. You just know the twins have been good and are gonna be in the mix there. The White Sox should be good and be in that mix, and Cleveland, you know, won't fully die. So the Twins be are interesting. The Twins are really solid. Hopefully, they're a fun trade deadline team. But again, when you look at the roster and the pitching, like to buy into the Minnesota Twins, I can't do it. Um, I love their lineup. I should I should emphasize that more. I love Arias. Uh, I love Buxton, Correa. I mean, Polanco, Kepler, Kirilov. He's been hot for them recently. Gary Sanchez, I obviously like him. Did you see he made a play at first the other day? It's cute. Really? Yeah. I think I saw him get involved over Saw that he got involved over there. Didn't see the play. First place, Gary. Yeah, um, and that's, that's okay. fine. That's the okay. teams could do that, and it wasn't a devastating month. I'm excited for the AL Central. I'm excited for the NL... East and the NL Central. But man, the AL East I still get lost in. Because I wanted to be out on the Rays. A couple of their hitters have figured it out recently. Isak Paredes, Harold Ramirez, with Wander Franco coming back. And you just kind of have to give them the benefit because they are the Rays. They've been a really good team. Blue Jays, currently fourth place in the East. They're separated by a game and a half. I guess here's what I just said. Let's say that White Sox streak happens. The White Sox, they go into the All-Star break around 500. They hit that easy part of their schedule. They go. Cool. I said 10 games above 500. Maybe it's even 8 or 9. Whatever. Don't care. They're within, they get to at least within a series of the first t- place. The Toronto Blue Jays are 6 games above 500 right now. The Blue Jays can go. They absolutely can go. They have a lot of talent. They have a ton of talent. If the White Sox were to figure it out and turn it on, you start circling the Blue Jays as, like, potential biggest disappointment. They were kind of supposed to not run away with the East, but they were the favorites. They were the favorites. Um, And now they're in fourth place. Again, that could change with one game. Tampa's a half game up. Boston's a game and a half up. 
Boston, we've seen them be kind of fully bad for a stretch this year. Do I think that's coming? No. The Rays don't feel quite like the Rays. The, the Blue Jays can easily get back and can leapfrog them. But Do you know what the uh, the Blue Jays are currently doing? What are they currently doing? They lost the first two games of their set with the Athletics. Oakland's a dead team. You can't do that. Oakland's a dead team, and it looks like they're on a little West Coast trip. They're going to Seattle after this for four. I don't know. I don't know, Blue Jays. You've, uh... Everyone's been so impressed by the Yankees, and rightfully so. Their pitching's been high level. Everything offensively has somewhat clicked. The team has been winning games at a crazy rate. They're performing at an all-time team level. That's cool. And so people have given the Yankees the love which they've deserved. Toronto, a couple weeks to kind of figure this out. Like, you kind of shouldn't, you shouldn't be around Boston. Or you shouldn't be around Boston and Tampa. Like, if everything for Boston clicked, cool. Winning team, winning franchise. If everything around Tampa clicked, cool. They've been a winning team, winning franchise. You shouldn't be around both those teams, Toronto. Especially when not everything is clicked for those two teams. Yeah. It's hard. <clears throat> Blue Jays, I mean, their their rotation, Barrios has been had a disappointing year, but outside Bad. of that, they've gotten more or less what they'd expect. I mean, I guess one of your five starters kind of flopping for this year so far and there's time to turn it around is, is impactful, but Manoa has been as good as it gets. Stripling has been more than solid and more than stable. Gosman's been Alejandro Kirk's been. Alejandro Kirk and, and Espinal came not out of nowhere, but they've gotten more production out of them this year than they expected. Vladdy's fully turned it on for a little bit now. Bichette's kind of tur- turned it on after his slow start. Hate Adam Simber. Blue Jays fans, I believe, are are pretty in on a Kikuchi needs to be pitching to Danny Jansen, who's been out. Um. I think he has like an ERA in the threes with him and like six against everyone else or with it, with every other catcher. So that's funny. And we found out on Chris Rose rotation this week, Rowdy Telez officiated Danny Jansen's wedding. Go listen to that and more. <laughs> the the Fangrass projected lineup is funny. There's a weird little mistake there. The two DHs listed mm. on the on the thing. And Kevin Biggio listed as the first baseman. Maybe it shots fired. Maybe it shots fired. Well, that was been a, l- a little bit what's happening. A little baseball <clears throat> around the horn. Maybe this could have been your midweek baseball episode as we didn't have one for TB. A couple recap eps around the uh, holiday weekend. And touched on some big topics that, that another, if timed better, would be a midweek episode. It's true. I think people, people get the usual TB amount. And that's you. Um, Let's do a little NBA. NBA free agency hit. Uh, And it's always a doozy. I mean, the win horse meme. I've said this before. I, I say it normally. It's about Netflix, I feel like, has been so good at this. Netflix will always drop... And maybe it's actually society and Netflix. It's a chicken and the egg. The example I'll use is Bird Box. Uh, 
uh, Julia, was that Julia Roberts? Um, was that the other one? Sandra Bullock. Sandra Bullock. I'm sorry, ladies. That's on me. I liked that movie. Bird Box, if I remember correctly, I think was right around Thanksgiving or Christmas. But basically, explaining what I'm mumbling about, around every holiday, Netflix releases like the thing that everybody's going to watch. Because everyone's going to go home for the holidays and you're looking for something to watch or you're looking for the topic to talk about with your friends. And so, again, that's where the chicken and the egg comes in because maybe we're just going to do that as a society anyways. So We're going to find the thing. So whatever comes out on Netflix. Yet at the same time, movies have done this for years. Like, there's always big Christmas movies because people go watch movies around Christmas. Brian Winhorst becoming, <laughs> like, the meme of Fourth of July weekend. Unreal. Unreal. And what a performance by him. Um, and if you don't... So, kind of the inner workings of how that happened was... Wendy knew about the Gobert trade. But he couldn't say it. Wasn't, like, close enough to be done yet. So he did... He yet. put on that theatrical performance for the ages. All time. All time. Uh... And I guess that's kind of where it starts. If you're anyone that's in NBA circles, uh, the Gobert trade was a massive trade. Bill Simmons it doesn't it doesn't live on the hot take. He's just not afraid to fire it. He said it's the worst trade he's seen in 30 years. Hmm. Uh, and basically, the defense behind it is all the assets and people talk pick swaps. And unprotected picks have been the thing in the NBA because look how often stars change and trade teams. Remember when Houston was a powerhouse for a couple years and they almost beat Golden State? They're horrific now. Oklahoma City. KD. Westbrook. Yeah. Oh, not sure what's going on with the Lakers now. Like, just look how quickly it can change. And I think the Brooklyn Nets. Windows close so quick. We'll see. Uh, I am team, I don't know if they're going to move those guys because I don't know if they can. And uh, I mean, these things all also all sort of tie together. The Gobert trade kind of ruined the market on, on like any trade. If well, that's Rudy the Gobert p- got them whatever the number of trade uh, picks are. There were people that thought Rudy Gobert was like a negative asset. He's declining, he's getting older, he's going to be paid. And he gets paid like sixty million dollars in three or four years, something or, or like that. Or I think like the if you sign him to an extension, he'd be eligible for that number. It's something like that. And what the the people in NBA circles are tight better. Why they're kind of ripping this trade. Well, A, you've got Rudy Cobert and Carl Anthony Towns, which essentially are two centers. I think Cat We'll find out if Cat can play some four this year. In previous years, he really hasn't. Um, but he can't shoot, so offensively, you think you think maybe that can work and Gobert's supposed to guard the rim. I don't know. I mean, Rudy Gobert, the other big thing around him is that the defensive numbers and analytics in NBA circles, they couldn't love a person more. Uh, the only problem... Because still the best shot in basketball is uh, a layup or a dunk. The three-point shot is loved, but it still goes in at that, you know, if you're good, 40% clip. If you're mid, 33. Uh, an open 
dunk, layup, you know, those are going in at a 90-something percent clip, and it's two points. So, and Rudy Gobert, Rudy Gobert can guard against those basically better than anyone in the world. So there's, there's a formula there. Uh, offensively, he, he doesn't give you much. He gets points just for kind of being on the, the court, a couple offensive rebounds, a couple lobs, but offensively, otherwise you don't really have to guard him. Basically, the Timberwolves, and there's a laundry list of teams that when they get new ownership, they want to go. Because you just got a sports team. You just got a sports franchise. What do you want to do? You want to rebuild for five years? Like, no. Want to do something cool. You're a crazy rich person that's been hyper successful at whatever you've done, that now you have a sports team, and it's time to go. And so they're trying to go with Anthony Edwards, uh, who looks legit and awesome, but the problem is, is he is he too young? You know, we don't see a lot of NBA guys fully hit their stride until their mid to late 20s. He's 20. He turns 21 this year. We will see. Um, D'Angelo Russell's kind of hated in some NBA circles. He's 26. Um, I like D'Lo more than... More than some people, I think if you can shoot and you can pass, you have a spot in the league. And I think these guys actually like each other, which is more important than we probably think about, especially if we're going to go look at the Brooklyn Nets and a lot of other teams, or how about the old Oklahoma City Thunder? Um, There's going to be talented guys on the court. It's where does it get the Timberwolves this year because it doesn't feel like they're title contenders. And where does it leave them in a couple years, which it could lead them in a very bad place. And they gave up so many picks and so many swaps, and they're unprotected, that it is a recipe for failure. It doesn't feel like there's uh, the ability to go make whatever the next move is now, which they definitely seem a move short. Well, and maybe that segues us to the Nets a little bit because the only rumored thing that people think could potentially save it would be a Kyrie trade, which... If you're betting on Kyrie at this point, best of luck to you. Rather just go to a casino and put some money on the table and see what happens. The Nets, KD, it comes out. He wants to be traded, which also makes it that much harder to trade you. Um, He's under a four-year contract. So no player options remaining on that. Like You're getting four years of them. And that's where I actually am starting to lean on they're not going to trade. Because they've also made a couple moves. They got TJ Warren and Royce O'Neal. They traded a first-round pick for Royce O'Neal before all this. Why would they do that? Why would the Jazz do that? (laughs) (laughs) Um And this is the funny thing that's now making the circles around the internet is that (laughs) if the Nets could actually get this team to play basketball, Kyrie Irving, Seth Curry, Joe Harris, Kevin Durant, Ben Simmons, TJ Warren, Royce O'Neal, Nick Claxton. Like, get Katie to not want to be traded anymore. If this is all on paper, or if we plug this into a video game, I think they're the best team. Like, there's Bucks arguments. Boston has made a couple strategic moves. And depends how much you, you like Tatum and Brown, and we did that for a couple months on here, so I won't 
they have a group that's been together a while and, and gels pretty well. Obviously, tweaks yeah. here and there every year. They're really good. Uh, Golden State, uh, Phoenix Suns, what's going on with Aiton? Um, interested to see how that whole thing plays out. Uh, it's going to be a really fun documentary in 5, 10 years, maybe 15 Because so much stuff ties into this that we don't really talk about, and I'm not the person to be talking about it, but I I heard a lot of talk about Joe Psy, the Nets owner, and, like, who he is as a person. Like, I think they were fourth in in revenue last year or something, and he, like, fired their revenue guy because he didn't think that was good enough. Like, he's... Again, think of the people that come to own sports teams. You get there by being a certain way, and they're like... Josiah might not be the guy that'll just... A lot of owners would roll over and be like, hey, you know, these guys are demanding a trade. What are we going to do? He might stand strong. Uh, And I don't know what that means. Katie and Kyrie apparently still want to play together. Those are the reports that came out. They don't have issues with each other, apparently. And I thought that was a really interesting angle. I should give Rosillo a shout-out. I always do because he's kind of my NBA guy. Uh, He was saying, like, you know... When you try to think about other angles and you get in everybody else's shoes, like the Brooklyn Nets and the ownership group and their front office has gotten no crap for this because their guys didn't play. Like, Kyrie didn't play. They still could have done some things differently. Like, Kyrie wasn't allowed to play on the road for a little bit. And so they were saying, like, hey, does Kyrie, do Kyrie and KD, are they maybe sitting there like, well, if they let Kyrie play on the road, our record would have been better. KD wouldn't have been so worn out by the end of the year. Maybe the team has better chemistry. The whole Simmons stuff was bizarre. Just as bizarre as it gets. Like, remember, we heard he was going to play, and then he wasn't going to play. Um, I don't know. Like, the other thing that's been making me laugh about this is Steve Nash, like the historic Hall hmm. of Fame point guard, 150 mil in the bank, that took this job to coach these guys. Like... I don't know. I, I I think people have talked about the heat, but that one seemed to fall through because Bam and Ben Simmons can't be on the same team because of some rookie max contract stuff, which, whoa, how's your NBA CBA? Uh, Phoenix, that's the one that you kind of, aha. Like, if that really happens, but what does that mean? Is it Devin Booker? Because I don't know. I I like Devin Booker. And you, you I don't think he's all-time like Kevin Durant, but he's younger. And he's not like... Kevin Durant at a certain point... Like, he's 33 now. What's 35-year-old Kevin Durant look like? I don't know. Is he still amazing? Probably. Is he more injury-prone? I don't know. Is he, is he still a top three player? Or top ten? The Suns liked what they had going on, and then Chris Paul got worn out. There's, yeah, there the the Kevin Durant part especially is Kyrie's value. He's movable. Some someone will take a chance on it. And it probably doesn't take as much. Kevin Durant, with him having four years left and being as good as he was last year, and like it's in theory like the most just a very difficult trade to pull off with matching salary rules and then the the rookie extension rules and like what yes I kind of want to go to the team right because why, why would you would trade you, for why him? would you 
if you if he if he's not going to want to be there, then will they be good enough after? That's where people keep saying Toronto, and it's like you think KD's going to be happy in Toronto? It's like they're potentially the interesting if he's into the Van Vliet stuff, and if you're if you're KD, you need to go somewhere. Yeah, it's not enough, yeah. but it, if you're KD, you you need to go somewhere where like it's going to count. So like Golden State probably can do the best trade and most it feels the most on the table. I think they like the young guys they have, but they think they'd give them up to get those guys back together. By the way, Phoenix Kev- is interesting. Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant's an all-time basketball player. He knows that. He should know that. That Golden State team that the people that hate Kevin Durant gave him shit for joining and you only won a championship because you were on that team. Now you left and they won another one. They win another one and then you go back after. They win another one. Just the nothing will ever count. I, the the way I heard it phrased best, and again, this was her silly, the people that will hate Kevin Durant and always were going to hate Kevin Durant, he said they they were always going to. I think there's a couple loopholes. Like... Again, I know I'm a little blindsided by this because I'm biased, but if Kevin Durant, like, saved the Knicks, I think that would change in the conversation. But again, that's a near impossible task in my head. (laughs) I don't think Kevin Durant can save the Nets. Or the Knicks, excuse me. Or or the Nets. In in theory, if he got one with the Knicks and if he came here, yeah, I think people would have been in on that. Would change a lot. Doing doing the Nets thing, it's hard to say. A uh, couple things I want to put out there quick. I'm going to buy Pelican stock and know that it has a chance to be just dead money. Like, it could be absolutely die. But I think they have a ton of talent, and I still love Zion. I won't, I won't quit them until the next injury, <laughs> which could happen soon. Like, But it very much felt... <laughs> Last year felt like Zion was ready to come back, but they were just so deep in the teeth of it that it was like, hey, let's just... Kind of what happened with Ben Simmons, right? Just like, hey, we're already in the teeth of this. There's almost no win that can come out of you joining the team right now. So, like, let's just reset. Like, get healthy. Uh, we're going to be on Zion Body Watch. We've all Next been time on, we see him. We've all been on Zion Body Watch. Um... Different reasons at different times. They're... I'm buying some of their stock. It's a risky... I won't lie. It's the riskiest stock you can buy, but I'm buying some Pelican hmm. stock. They're, they're... I've been doing a lot of, like, reading articles, watching videos. and Sure. If they weren't the New Orleans Pelicans... Right. They'd be so interesting in the Kevin Durant stuff. Because mm. they... They have a package you could do. Right. Uh, they can't do a Zion swap. Rookie. So because of the Ben Simmons a- right. angle of it. But even without that, I mean, Ingram is a piece the Nets would want because they'd want an all-star level player who can, in theory, run an offense. And I think they have the picks to do it. And they have some young, in- interesting, young, cheaper guys to fill into. And they'd still have C.J. McCollum, interesting. Uh, I'm forgetting somebody. Zion would still be there, interesting. Uh, and, and KD would get it would it would become his team, so on like the legacy standpoint, they would check a lot of boxes. And I don't think it's happening because of the New Orleans Pelicans. 
I know he just picked the Nets over the Knicks three years ago, but I do think that matters. I do as well. Um, another team that uh, we'll see where everything fully lands is the 76ers. I think, and they still don't have the contract figured out. Everyone makes it seem like James Harden is going back, which I think people were suspect at first because him and Embiid. Um, I think, and I don't think it's being talked about, I think Harden's doing some, like, good contract stuff. Like, I think he's kind of accepting less money to try to build a better team around them. We'll see when the contract actually comes out, but I heard that a couple times. And, again, that's, that's not the guy we have in our head is James Harden. So if James Harden, with them beat in like a year of playing together, Tyrese Maxey is really good. Is Tobias Harris Tobias Harris, or can they turn Tobias Harris into something else? He at least has the salary to work for another move. Like, again, we're talking about a risky stock, and investing in James Harden could, can end very quickly. We've seen his last few teams do that. If he somehow actually got locked in in Philly, and him and Embiid were drinking each other's Kool-Aid... Hmm. Again, that's another that's another risky stock I'd buy some of because I think they're high end potential. Like the Celtics are a really well run organization, and that's how they got back there. Also, if Chris Middleton was healthy, would they have gotten back there? I don't know. I'd buy a little bit of risky Sixer stock. Yeah, I mean they because God, it could, it just could, and I think just could. Add the Daryl Morey stuff with with Harden. I think it's a, it's a front office who can really, really believe in him more than other teams would right now. I think they just... <laughs> Wikipedia's failing me a little bit. I, I think they've got P.J. Tucker, P.J. Tucker, yeah. Likes, has played with, has had success with. Yeah, they got P.J. Tucker. They got... um. There's another... Daniel House, another, <laughs> yeah. another Houston legend. Bubble legend, Daniel House. And just the approach he's having to free agency. I mean, yeah, everyone's waiting on the KD stuff to happen before... Fully hitting go again, but it feels like he's going back. I think so. Based on all the reports and the methodology there. So, Hasn't been a rumor of another team. So. We will see. It feels like uh, the NBA storm kind of happened. People are obviously, if the KD or Kyrie trade is looming and lurking, uh, people will be on edge that uh, until it does. Donovan Mitchell, we'll see if anything happens. Gobert went. I think some people don't think Mitchell's value is as high as it used to be. That being said, he's still a young star. Um, and, I mean, the the Jazz just got that Rudy Gobert trade, and they're like, he's better. Right. Younger and and, you know, Donovan Mitchell and Gobert supposedly didn't get along, so I, I wonder if there's maybe a rehab year to maybe get Donovan Mitchell's stock up without Gobert. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know. In the NBA, they'll always sneak one on you. The Lakers are trying to do anything they can to get off of Westbrook, whether Kyrie's involved there. Um, everyone always <laughs> looks at Dame. Uh, I, don't think, I don't think Dame's getting involved. The Miami Heat always find a way somehow. Like, if Kevin Durant ends up the, down there, people yeah. wouldn't be shocked at all. I think or, they're one of the top Donovan three. Mitchell. Right. Right. So, uh, NBA finds a way. I would, I would expect us to have one more uh, one more pretty good highlight. Probably soon. NBA tends to move quick. If not, 
More Windhorst. More Windhorst. As Chet Holmgren gets buckets last night in the Summer League. Feed him. Feed the big man when he's hungry. Oh, he's hungry. Um, Bakers, it's been a little while. Uh, our last episode, uh, a little over a week ago. Big sports weekend, it was. Um, let's see where we're at in the comments. In the comments, Bakers, I ask you guys to bake the algorithm. What the, What does that mean? It means... Leave a comment. Let's talk about the sports. Let's talk about something else. Smashly said, Yes, Jake, you are huge in Detroit. I am in the Michigan State band, so I sat first row behind the net and got to watch Jade and Ivy light up the court. Very excited he's coming to the Pistons. Look at that. I'm huge in Detroit. I'm a Detroit guy, especially with my goatee. (laughs) Um, Tom Bacon Eight days ago. How about them O's? Dadley Rushman has been great. Shame the starting pitching has been a bit banged up with Grayson not making it up yet, but at least it's fun to watch. They were the other half of my award. Uh, The Orioles and Pittsburgh Pirates have been the joke of baseball for three years now? More? Uh, And they're pretty respectable. They're pretty respectable. Uh, Zach Crutchfield said, I was drinking out of my Wake and Jake mug, and someone asked why I have a Subway mug. I see the color scheme. I see the color scheme there. Uh, there's one Spanish. Lost that. Uh, and let's see. Norbear 1990. At the time of the trade, it made sense for the Jays, and to a degree still does. We needed help in the arm barn. Still always do. Oh, they're talking about Rowdy. Rowdy. Even though I loved him. 1B DH, last I checked, were pretty good there with Vlad, and we need DH to rotate players through to at least have the ability to. I get it. I get it. And it's playing the result a little bit. Like, Rowdy was struggling with Toronto. Um, Just didn't fully have a role. And like you said, I mean, first base was going to be locked up. Rowdy just talked about it on Rose Rotation. Like, Vladimir Guerrero, he said, Rowdy Tellez said, like, my idol was Freddie Freeman going up, and he's still great. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is the best first baseman in baseball. Kind of hard to argue against it. You can but why bother? And he's going to be in Toronto for the next, like, five years minimum. So when you're looking at a guy like Rowdy Telez, who he's going to be a first baseman or DH, you know, you kind of, you were kind of in a tough spot that they were going to try to get some value for him while they still could. Uh, And they did. So I I get it. I still think, you know, if they knew Rowdy was going to be like this, would they have played it out different? Probably. Or at least really thought on it. Ended up in a great place. Ended up in a great place. Maybe the perfect place for him. We love, yeah. No, I mean, maybe definitely. Um, so, hey, thank you guys for baking the algorithm. I know uh, summer kind of caught up with us a little bit and changed the schedule up. And I <laughs> that might be happening a little bit coming up. Summer's tough. Uh, summer's tough sports wise and just everything you know everyone's got stuff going on in the summer which is good enjoy it you got to um bbd that brings us to the bro of the night um mine is easy i've referenced this person a couple times during the show 
It is Brian Windhorst. I cannot believe. Hmm. I cannot believe how much the internet drank it all in. Because I remember, what were we? We were about to record something. And, like, we both kind of just got it on our phones. Like, and the tweet, the original tweet was just like, hey, you know, love a... Someone's like, oh, Brian Winhurst just put on a clinic. And then everyone watched it. It became a meme. Um, And then he was right. (laughs) And he was right. And the whole story behind Winhurst is pretty wild. You know, he went to... Went to the same high school as LeBron, and then he was covering LeBron, and then they kind of just became linked, and he's kind of always been LeBron's guy, and then he came a straight-up NBA guy, and hey, I don't don't know. If you want to point riding coattails or whatever you want, sure, but (laughs) Wendy's done it, man, and he... uh, he was one of he was one of America's stories of Fourth of July weekend, twenty twenty two. So, uh, I will give it up for the big fella. I like that. Thank you. Well, for for a couple reasons, one relevant to the team I like, two kind of the one NBA free agency thing we didn't we didn't cover in that segment. We get the bro of the night to Jalen Brunson. Coming to the Knicks. Mm. I think it's the biggest free agency, like just trying to look at a tracker right now, looks like the biggest signing that changed teams move. Know know what I'm saying? Yeah. Four years, 104. He's young. He's going to be a stabilizing force. Best Knicks point guard since, which we've been saying, saying forever. Um... You know, you put everything in a pot, and it just makes makes a lot of sense. I mean, in the moment, I was also on the, is it, is it worth all this trouble, all this moving off some salaries just to get him? They probably had to move off the salaries anyway. Jalen Brunson is, is good. He will be stable. You put the salary in, in there. They keep going up, and the salary he's going to make as a Nick would, be, would have been like the 14th highest point guard salary last year. I think that number's only going to drop. You put it, put it, all those things together. Just a good signing by the Knicks, and I'm like excited to to see him. I've done done the deep dive since it became clear he's coming to the Knicks. I I like Jalen Brunson. His godfather's in the front office. I believe his godfather's is Leon Rose, and his dad is now an assistant coach on the Knicks, and. I don't, I don't know if they needed to do all that. But. I'm biding my time. I asked a lot of questions in talking Nick's chat. Um, Jalen Brunson clearly has the respect of dudes from around the league. We saw John Morant tweeting about it. Um, con- contractually, it, everything you said is right. Uh, I'm interested to see what goes on with contracts in the next couple of years. Uh, you know, Jalen Brunson's number can look fine. Uh for me, a little bit, it's still what's this going to look like at the end of the day. Uh, the Mavericks are a really well-run franchise. Uh, and the Knicks traditionally are not. Uh, that I think Jalen Brunson was put in a very good opportunity to succeed, and he did that for one season. Um, will that continue with New York? I hope so. Biased. I, I, I wonder, 
you know, comparing it to Julius Randle, I think Brunson's game is nicer and translates better than Randle's. Randle's game depends a lot on mid-range jump shots that when they go in, it looks pretty pretty. When it doesn't, it looks ugly. And we've seen two years of ugly, one year of pretty with Randle. Um, Brunson, we will see. Uh, again, it, it could be the chance that leaves a beautiful opening is the Knicks have had no point guard play, which that still sets up and runs your offense. And it feels like for years they've just been missing that and missing that. Even even in in like an era where there, it feels like there's never been this many great point guards and they've still not had like an acceptable point guard unit at least. I realize wings run the league now. I, I get that part of it. Switching defensively, hitting shots, the size... I understand it, but yet if you look at every playoff team year in, year out, uh, the person handling the basketball is a high, high-level player. Um, like your loophole teams would be like some of LeBron's teams that didn't necessarily have point guard, but if we're being honest, LeBron was the point guard. Like they now classify Luka as a point guard, which five years ago they would have never done. They would have never done. So Even if it was effectively true, it wouldn't have happened. So, I'm interested to see uh, if if Barrett takes another step and Brunson can make Randall look better and Brunson can be a good version of Brunson, then yeah. I mean, stuff would make sense. Uh, in Knicks land, especially after last year, like I, I just can't drink the Kool-Aid until, uh, until I see it. I'm fascinated by... What is the next thing? And people, there's a lot of conjecture on, is it going to become a sign-and-trade? Will they get to unlock the protections on the Mavericks pick? Will the Mavericks take back Fournier in a salary dump type thing? I don't know. Um, yeah. That part of literally that move, or just whatever they're going to do next, are they going to move Fournier or, or Randall? Or, I don't know. No. I, don't, I don't have a theory. I just think Knicks fans were loving the Jalen Brunson signing, and it can be nice. Um, but I, I think a lot of Knicks fans, fans just had blinders up that this is a lock to be good when there's also a world where it's just not. The guy has one good year of basketball. Like if I we're, like that If usage. we're being honest. So, like, I say Metsy when it getsy when it comes to the Mets. If you don't think this signing does have a chance to be Nixy, like, you're out of your mind. I think there's hope it can be good. I listed all those reasons, but it also, it scares me a little bit that, you know, we could be looking at, if, let's say Brunson doesn't fully click, and we're watching Brunson and Randall go against... Some of these other NBA teams, like, what do we think the result is going to be? Hopefully, that's a good version of them, and hopefully, we're talking more about R.J. Barrett and who he is. Because, yeah, with yeah, with the with the current construction of the team, assuming that is fundamentally the same, couple you know, swap guys in and out. The most important thing for the Knicks is R.J. Barrett taking an, another step, which he's taken a step yeah. each year. As as he should, he's number three pick for a reason, and he's and he's it's mostly been good. 
So 22, just turned 22. Yeah. Should Knicks fans like R.J. Barrett more? I guess some of the efficiency stuff. That's for another time. It's uh, been better every year. Bakers, thank you guys. It's good to catch up with you. Um, a little, little longer today, good. We missed some stuff. It's been a minute. Uh, we will catch up with you guys next Monday. Monday. Right? Is there anything yeah. crazy going on? No. Not next Monday. So we will see you there. Uh, baseball, we're sneaking up on a trade deadline. Yeah. Less than a month. Uh, all-star game. Sports, sports, sports. Hey, thank you guys. Watch everything on John Boy Media. Warehouse Games, your boy, is currently in the championship game. Took game one last night. Forgot how crazy of a game that was. That was worth the watch. Uh, I scared myself. I thought I thought I won that game. I wasn't sure. Uh, go check that out. Uh, new one premieres tonight at 6. Compound. Ian Happ, Scotty Efros jumps in again. Need him. Uh, Rose Rotation, like I mentioned. Rowdy Telez, fantastic. Listen. Farm to fame. Pita. Pita. Kelsey. Maddie. Um, talking baseball. We did our recap yesterday. Talking Yanks. We did a little ep yesterday, and we're recording tonight. Some breakdowns. Some JJ TV. Geo Guesser. Chase Station, if you might like the Mets. Sports. Happy four, happy 6th of July. Love you guys. Bacon. A little bit.